Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. We are talking about our Dear Alice Live recap. Um, we did a live event here in Utah. Draper. In Draper, Utah. Uh-huh. 50% of the people came from out of state that attended, which was such a thrill. Yeah. So, cool, guys. so fun to meet so many of you. And then a lot of you bought e-tickets and had so many questions and we didn't have time to get to the questions. I don't even think we were thinking that there would be questions. And so we apologize. Mm-hmm. It's going to be better next time. And the sound will be too. <laughs> we understand yes. there was a sound glitch. So we're going to make sure and fix that for the next time that we do it. But we wanted to, to do an episode dedicated to all of those e-ticket people's questions. We figured that probably a lot of you would want to know those answers. So yeah. we're going to answer all those questions here. Yeah. Lots to unpack. Yes, definitely. Do we get into it let's or, do it yeah. yeah well i was just gonna say it's just like overall i just have to say it was it was so much fun mm-hmm. i know there, there was like this kind of unknown for us because we were like i think this would be really fun like it would be so much it's always such a delight when we have people come to us from like when we're at market and say we listen to the podcast and we love it to just like meet some of you uh-huh first of all and just like give you a hug and thank you for listening yes. and then just to teach you all the things that we couldn't do necessarily just right here we were able to like visually show you a lot of styling tricks and and just things that we're passionate about so mm-hmm. overall i thought it was a real success and Definitely. i had such a good time yeah and we were able to share favorite concepts with you too like this is our favorite way of making a bed right now here's different images that we're obsessed with that are not our work and here's ways that we do it in the showroom floor that we think are just very very chic we also went through like we're not karate chopping the pillow anymore here's ways of doing your your pillows and um, here's ways to space plan your house and many of you that um, are going to be putting up a Christmas tree for the holidays you might rearrange your room and when you go to put it back, like you should put it back in a different way. It's, it gives you like a fresh new yeah. start to the year. I think so. We just kind of challenge people to think about their spaces differently, to style your mantle differently, maybe your cocktail table differently. And I hope there was a lot there um, besides getting to answer questions live. And now we're going to answer some digitally, which will be great. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool that that was kind of just like one day we talked about it, like, this would be fun to do. So it's kind of like the podcast. It was like started as a dream. We're like, wouldn't it be awesome if we had our own podcast? And then, you know, we did it. So yeah. proud of us for doing yeah, that. I'm proud of I us too. Yeah. yeah. Really it's scary us. to put yourself out there. Um, but it's, it makes it worth it when, when the people come up and they're like, Hey, this changed, this changed the way I think, or this changed um, my trajectory in life. I'm now doing interior design or as an interior designer, I learned from your from your failure or from your experience. And I think it's um, lovely. I know Sue and I are both like not gatekeepers in any way when it comes to girlfriends, friendships, interior design, anything. It's just like, there's enough for everybody. Let's just share what we know. And, and this is a great platform to get to do that. And um, we love when you share back with us and when you attended the event, obviously it was so much fun and kind of a surreal. It felt like a birthday of, of sorts. Yeah. So thank you for coming or for tuning in. From um, out of state, wherever you were. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or out of the country. Out of the Thank country, yes. Definitely. We had somebody, I think, from Germany. Yeah, Australia, Germany. Australia, Aust- Canada. Yeah. Yep. I think the UK. And there was a couple, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I knew the countries they have, but yes. It was, and they yeah. probably tuned in at very inconvenient times in the middle of the night. So thank you. That's yeah. so cool. 
Um, so we're going to have Corey ask us the question and then Sue and I will just answer it yep. the best we can spur of the moment. Perfect. Okay. First one is from Patrick Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked what to do with a large blank wall. That's not framed art. I feel like I have too many rectangles from all the frames in my house. This is a, this is true this. for most homes. I would say Patrick is that what do we, what else can we put on the wall? Um, so I think one favorite trick of both Sue and mine, we're doing it here in our um, showroom back of house. Mm-hmm. We love to do a rug on the wall. You have, tell them what you have in your stairwell. Yeah, I have this Moroccan rug that is actually intended for like the floor, but then I was like, this is actually too delicate. I'm like, this needs to be on the wall. And so we hung it in our stairwell. And I tell you what, it's like the best backdrop mm-hmm. and it's soft and like, it's just, again, to that thing where everything's rectangle and everything's behind glass or just like hard, you know, and hopefully you have some organic lines. But I think any three-dimensional object, be it a rug, you know, sculpture, anything like that is going to throw the cadence off so you don't feel like you're living in like the land of rectangles. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think amongst your art too, you can break it up so that you've got photography in one place, you've got um, pedestal and sculptures, painting, is- yeah, sculpture, also. textile. So really mixing up, you know, your different types of art keeps things really interesting as well. Patrick, because you have a really large wall, the rug I think is going to be your best bet, just because mm-hmm. it's going to take up a large mass of space. Yeah, and it'll feel a lot different, even though it might be a rectangle. It'll still have like loose edges. And drape nicely. I think that'd be beautiful. I think a key to this would be you're not just going to want any programmed rug that's available on every size on your wall. You're going to want something antique that sure. that has a story. Yeah, that can. Yeah, that's special. So yeah. um, I think you could use um, antique rug in your search for things. And then also, if you know your size, um, that's going to help you narrow down as well. And then you're going to have a whole color palette to play with. So um, it might really ignite something that's happening in your room or you can get throw pillows to speak back to it, but I'm excited for you. It's going to be beautiful. I was also thinking if I could just add yeah, two things. Yeah, of course. Um, our uh, Phoenix mirrors, like that, how it's oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I was thinking like, what would I do? Something that was kind of irregular yes. that doesn't have a frame. I love mm-hmm. that about that. Um and then obviously this would be framed, but whenever I see a gallery wall, that's like a little bit just too intense. I'm like, man, that would just, in my opinion, just a huge piece of art, you know, where like the art stands out more necessarily than the shape of it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's just my two cents on it. I but, love that. Great. I uh, love the, I love our pair of Phoenix mirrors. They're irregular, they're rust, they're antiqued mm-hmm. and they don't have a square edge. Yeah. And they reflect back what's happening in the room or they'll bounce light around the room. They give that really pretty rust, you know, colorway it, to the scene. It feels like art too. I think so too. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Great answer. Okay. Um, the next one is from Teresa Nelson. She asks, could we see progress pictures of the bathroom Suzanne is working on at her home? Guys, okay, I'll take some. I'll okay. take some in the next couple of days. <laughs> okay. Probably if yes. we, yeah. like when we air this, yeah, we'll show some. Well, cool. I should hopefully, hopefully it'll be done by the time this airs. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, so yeah, girl, I have some coming at you. Cool. It's yes. looking really good though. Also, Teresa, you should follow us on Instagram. If you don't already, we'll probably be showing everybody that wants to see it on Alice Lane interior design. That's the interior design side of our business. We have Alice Lane home on Instagram and then Alice Lane interior design. Mm-hmm. So we've shown an update on ALID. Yeah. 
Allison into your design account a while ago, yeah, but so much has changed since. Yeah. So when we do share it on Instagram, if it's not quite ready to show yet when this airs, keep checking Instagram. It's pretty. Yeah. Okay. The next question is from Carly Powers. Super cool name. Mm -hmm. How do I style my corner fireplace? So sorry, Carly. This is a great question. Yeah. I think something that a lot of people are plagued with. Uh-huh. My friend, including my sister. I and I it's it's not I we should maybe like throw up a picture of this mm. application. My sister had a corner fireplace in her last house. It was mm. one of those things that every time I would go over her to her house, I'd feel so bad for her and I'd rearrange things. I try and ignore it like completely and just like goes behind. I'm like, maybe if we just don't look at it, it'll disappear. You know, like if it doesn't see me, I won't see it. Uh -huh. um, didn't work that way. And it just was like, what's that weird thing happening in the background? Um, so we actually, we did something really beautiful and we made a cast mantle around it. We took, you know, scraped all the onions off of it and we made this really pretty cast mantle that like, instead of it coming out, just at a 45 from the wall and accentuating, we actually took the whole cast and like dove it into the wall. So it made something really quite grand and really kind of made a cheese wedge, right? Mm -hmm. On the top of that mantle. And then we, I put a beautiful regular shaped mirror above it, but it was just like in a really clean mm -hmm. cast and it looked like we did it on, on purpose. Mm -hmm. We weren't putting our TV above it. So again, putting something non-directional above it, I think is key. And then like, I imagine that you might have a TV in this room or a console or something else beautiful. So maybe like send, don't try and angle your furniture on it. You know, just square up your rug like you would normally do and, and continue to do space planning, you know, to like be based probably on the TV. And then you just like, you put a beautiful chair next to it and you just like, you try and mask some of those, um, that irregular architecture um, by just cleaning it up. I think yeah. that that's what I would do. That's what I did. So We'll it. post a picture on here. It I love it. Really, really pretty. Yeah. It was the best corner fireplace I've ever seen. I'm really proud that we made and if you lemonade can't, out of that really if you shitty can't lemon. Go to all, <laughs> yeah. Shitty lemon. Uh -huh. If you can't go to all of the trouble of reconstructing a new mantle, yeah. at least put a round mirror above the fireplace. It takes the edge off. Yeah. You don't want to create more angles or squares there. You want the non-directional big the biggest round mirror you can. Um, I think that's a really easy cure yeah. Um, yeah. To, to make it work for right now. And then eventually, if you can do a great mantle like Suzanne just described, uh, it's, it's, it just looks amazing. Yeah. It looks like a millionaire lives there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. The next question is from Manuel Carver. Mm -hmm. um, he asks, what Manuel, is the- Manuel, that's a great name. Right? Yeah. yeah. Some good names. Were these made up? No, I think they're <laughs> the international. We should, we should name some of the new furniture after these yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, he asked, what is the most popular art frame right now? This is a great question. Mm. We're going to fight right now, you I feel like. First. Okay. <laughs> you go first. My, my initial my instinct ready. was to say something that is um, more in the silver family. Because I think things are starting to cool down. Um, I, for the most part, am not a really big wood frame person. So I'm usually, and I'm not a painted frame person. So I'm usually gold or silver is what I have throughout my house. I have one of my favorite pieces is an original that is above my bed and it is sort of mid-century art in shades of purple and plum and whatnot, but they put a gilded frame on it. And I think it looks like a billion dollars. Like it's so cool. So I feel like old originals, I like them in some sort of guild, mm -hmm. but, um, frames that are, um, or art that is available in the marketplace to buy. Like much like we sell our store, we don't have a lot of originals. 
we're always putting um, things that are more silver on them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to get something framed, I guess it depends on the artwork because we always frame for the piece. Yeah. Um, you're going to see what looks really good on it. And the Slim Aaron's look so good in that. I'll, I'll say this. So frame. I'm not going to like a modern day gold frame. I'm not. I'm not going to want it to be like super shiny or gold. I want it to look antiqued or hand forged or like something leafed. like that. Leafed. Yeah. yeah so Have some depth to depending it. on the capability of your framer, silver is going to be the safest answer. If I have to give you one answer today, I'm going to say go with tones of silver or a gilver, a gold silver, like it's a warmer version of silver. It's not a cold aluminum foily type of a silver. Yeah, and it completely just depends on your style. Cause I'm, I would say more golds and like, I think most of my frames are like forged. Yeah. You know? Cause well, like, but you have more like an originals. artist make them. Yeah. But if you think about like what's available at the frame shop yeah. today and you're just like, you don't know where he, where yeah. we don't know where Manuel lives. Mm-hmm. So depending. Manuel, yeah. I would say, I think what's important to me is I like the depth of it sitting off of the wall I like yeah thickness the floater frame uh-huh. know, where like the profile doesn't have to be big, but I'm like if the actual thickness coming off the wall is big, I assume that that's original because I assume that there's a full canvas hiding beyond that floater frame. Good love. So I think if it's really flat and shallow up against the wall, I think that's a dead giveaway that it's probably not expensive. Yes. So so I go to the, the thickest frames. Yeah. yeah, and just depending on the art, like. Yeah, silver, silver, gilver is probably easier to make look better than like a real good gold yeah. from a lot of stocked stuff. But if you can find something that like if, again, it's a, if it's intentional for the art and you can get a good great framer, then do the real thing. Um, yeah, I I don't mind like a walnut floater frame though. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful, pretty. classic. Yeah, also depends on the piece. Yeah, if you have a lot of white mat, I, think I don't that's love a really black pretty. frame. I don't either. And I feel like that's like the no fail thing that like most of you go to like galleries, especially when they're first starting. They always yeah. throw like a black frame on it. I'm like, I would get, I would get something reframed if I bought it in a black frame. Yeah. yeah. yeah I have a pile of them. Yeah. To get reframed. Does anybody want black frames? Everybody's Suzanne's going to have a garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sell them. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not my favorite. I hope that helps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kristen Cass, she asks, what construction of rug is your favorite to put under a bedroom carpet? <sighs> or Kristen. Put on a bedroom carpet. Sorry. Um, one that will bunch up under the bed. Boy, this is a confessions by Usher right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the music. We So we know, we know that this is a problem in the industry and we don't talk about it. But because you asked, about to get real, Christine. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna tell you the answer, and that is that Suzanne, Corey, and myself, not one of us has a rug under our bed. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, it's because I'm too OCD and I hate it bunching Strain up. It. Yeah. Do you have carpet in your bedroom? Mm-hmm. So do I. Yeah. I, I even did a wool loop. I don't have a cut pile. So those fibers, when they move back and forth, create movement for that rug to just surf around on. Mm. And you're walking in with a laundry basket to fold laundry and you're walking in and out. And pretty soon that rug just starts. (laughs) It is crowd surfing. And I, I've seen it so many times we do it in clients' homes because a lot of times they have a huge bedroom and you've got to create sort of a room within the room, right? Mm. And you can't just have a bed floating in a room with tons of sea of carpet. You've got to create a sitting room, like a little living room over here, sitting room at the foot of the bed. Mm -hmm. But when you, something about it, when you try and put 
a rug on top of carpet and it wants to crowdsource, but then you put the weight of a bed on half of it, mm-hmm. it's just going to get wiggly. Ooh. And it's kind of a recipe for disaster. So if you can keep the rug away from the, the weight of the bed, put it at the foot of the bed with a bench and do a little sitting area there if you have the room or you have the room over to do another sitting area. I think between all of us, we don't have big bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And so the only opportunity to use a rug is under our bed. I have a small little sofa up against a wall with a chair and I put like a sheepskin under that as a rug or not, depending on the season. Sometimes I don't even have that. And I just don't have a rug because I can't deal with the inability to keep that rug from shifting around. Mm -hmm. And we know what the outcome looks like and our rooms are small enough that we don't have to do it. Yep. And we do. I mean, and if you are, you have a big room and you want the rug and we get it. It's beautiful. We love rugs, but like we always use a pad, Mm -hmm. but like even with that, like using the premium felted one still is the best bet pad wise. Um, we use rug tapes too, to try and like get them down. A lot mm-hmm. of times that works best, like on wood. I've taken on the only time that I saw a six, it successfully done where it stopped shifting when the carpet was, when a rug was on top of a carpet is when I had the carpet like manufacturer work with me on a heavy duty Velcro that we put like, we had sewn we had, hand sewn to the rug borders no, we didn't have that no it was just like stuck on there because it was just industrial it was at peggy campbell's oh was it in her living room like did was it sticky tape on the bottom mm-hmm. oh got it we had to use it also at somebody's home mm-hmm. and we had to have velcro um velcro has a female part and a male part that makes this one's prickly and one soft yeah, we'll, we'll call the male go. prickly like <laughs> like he hasn't shaved well. in a wild yeah. yeah we had to use the prickly part not the soft part so that it would grip the carpet and not shift and we had to have project managers of the client and a lot of people involved and after so much trauma of trying to solve this for other people the way we've solved it for ourselves is just to not use a rug in our small bedrooms. If we had large bedrooms, we would be using we'd figure it out. We would be using a rug or multiple rugs, but I don't know. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. Yeah. I used to have a very small room, but it was hardwood floor in it, so we had a rug under it. Then that works always. Beautiful. Um, right. Yes. So one thing that worked out for us is that we didn't have a plinth base, so I could like almost lift up part of the bed yeah. and try to like pull as much as I could. And then do the same thing for the other side because I felt like I was constantly doing that. Uh-huh. So even with a wood floor, it was shifty. Because mm-hmm. it, w- it would just That's when I would it would bunch. Tape. Yeah, it would bunch up underneath like it would slide underneath the foot of the bed. Uh huh. And it would, you know, then I'd have to like lift that up and pull it out. Oh, know? got so, it. Yeah. Still doing that. Uh, if I could go back, I would probably do a thicker pile, something with heavier weight just to kind of like yes. weight it down I even more. Don't use a flat weave. Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my, you know, uh, two cents on that just because I hated doing it, but that's the exact reason I don't have a rug in my mm-hmm. master right now. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that was juicy. Hear you. Mm. Yes. We, we hear, hear you, you, Kristen Cass. Yep. Uh, the next one is from Kathleen Allen. Uh, she asks, what are your thoughts for the choice of sectional versus sofa? This is a very good question. Mm-hmm. I am a sofa. I like the look of a sofa. If it's a, if it's like a basement family room where we're cuddling, mm-hmm. I want a sectional. Yeah. But like overall, like I think sofas are just prettier. So uh-huh. I like I the rhythm of a sofa on better. A main, on a main living space, I think yeah. they're pretty. And I like chairs too. So if you have a sofa, you have more room for more chairs. 
Yeah. Mm. And I'm into that. I like separates because I like to rearrange my furniture. Yeah. It's a way for me to not feel like I have to sell my house because I feel like I get a new house every yeah. time I rearrange everything yeah. and I don't get as sick of stuff. I'm like, let's take that up from downstairs and move this down. Let's take this art. And, and luckily my husband is down to do it or we're doing a lookbook shoot at my house. We have to take everything out anyway. And I'm like, I get to put it back in a different way, which is so fun. And when you have separates, um, you know, like to me, the sectional is kind of a onesie, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you've got one big decision, you've got one big decision that you've made and then you only have a few separates. So having a lot of separates is giving me the ability to rearrange my house in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. That being said, we sell a lot of sectionals. It's a great answer for a big family. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably the most popular thing to buy, I would say, um, in the sofa world. But for myself, I have more sofas. I have a sectional in my basement, but nobody hangs out down there. It provides more flexibility. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like a sectional. It's, you have a sectional right now. Yeah. yeah. And I like having like multiple like spots. I don't know. I'm just feeling a different Corners. spot sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if I have it. a sofa, it's just like yeah. you got, got left three. arm or right arm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not the middle. And it's pretty much the yeah. same. So that's yep. true. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I guess and I bet most, I, I imagine a lot of men would say that same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's, here, here's one reason why my vote shouldn't count. I only exclusively watch TV in my bed. I like yeah. at the end of a day, mm-hmm. I, I um, don't like after I've eaten dinner and cleaned things up and everything else, I just want to put on my robe and I want to lounge in bed and surf on my phone and have TV on there and be like f- almost fully reclined or half reclined. Mm-hmm. So the sectional would like a reclined. cocoon. The sectional would give me that experience because then I could have my feet up on the chaise or have my people lounging into me and whatnot. And all of my people have left me, and now it's just <laughs> me and my dog and my husband. And so we don't need to hang out in the family room. <laughs> so nice. anyway, so you can throw my you can throw my vote out if you want. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. Carly Powers asks, so nightstands do not have to match? Hmm. Carly, back in the days when Friends was popular, the more random and the more eclectic, the better. It depends on where you are in your journey on furniture, how old you are, what you've experienced in your life. Sometimes that found object is just really cool and the randomness is really cool and chic and you're eclectic and that's part of the vibe. Mm -hmm. And I've been through that phase in my life and now I'm in the matching nightstands phase and I'm also in the matching lamps phase and I feel like, um, a balance to it. Yeah. There's a balance and, um, sort of a chicness, Mm -hmm. but there's also a place like we've all had, like I've known you guys for so long, you know, I've known Suze through her, her twenties and, you know, Mm -hmm. thirties and now you're 40. And so we've all been in those phases where the random cute found thing was just like so rad and kicked it over the top. And you're like, this could be published in Domino magazine. It's so awesome. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then you get into this Uh, phase where you're like, I just want to, I just want to be published in El Decor or Arc Digest. And I want to be chic and not overstyled and not overdone. And, so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of in a matching moment right now. Yeah. And there's still place for that in art and in rugs and some of that found stuff and an antique chair and whatnot. But I just love a matching nightstand. We're doing it on pillows though too. Like I'm liking, a matching I'm pillow. liking, I'm liking yeah. the pillows on each side and then you could like throw like one random, a ball yes. pillow or something just to like throw it off a little bit, but there's still balance. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it's from a yard sale. Yes. And you it know, looks I professional. Think, I think it just, it feels just put together and like, I think we're just, yeah. 
yeah, we've experienced enough chaos that we just need something to match. Now I wouldn't do a matching dresser to my nightstands. Mm-hmm. Like I think and I wouldn't buy the matching bed to the nightstands no. to the dresser so either. Like you just have like you, it's you just know the, that uniform that, pair that one spot yeah. where you can have like two things that are balanced on each side with the lamps at the same height because they're on the same level of t- height mm. of table. Oh, the luxury is it's really fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So mm. for nightstands, I would say match it unless you're Ralph Lauren and you have a 48 inch table that you'd like to throw out the end and yeah. for an end table, which is probably why Carly got confused because we were talking about that totally. during the live. Um, so yes, indeed. Which, yeah. And if you have that, I still think that that's fun. It's and then you really nest cool. like a really cool ottoman or something. And that's very, very chic. And then on the other side, you just have a really beautiful gentleman's chest. Yes. You a know? big and French chest. Fantastic. Very so I think cool. It's just the pieces that you have. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're just buying new right now and you don't have to like go and find that one round table, that's fantastic. And the right move for this spot. Yeah. Do the matching nightstands, but make them like generous and luxurious and then get really cool lamps. Love. That's what I would do. Teresa Nelson wants to know if you guys iron your sheets. Teresa, thank you for asking. <laughs> thank you, thank you for thinking that we would. <laughs> we don't. This one doesn't even make her bed. I don't. I don't. So, yeah, I yeah. think oh, I, I think my mother probably irons the top sheet or at least the top cuff that folds down and the pillowcases. But mom loves to iron. Like I think she ironed our underwear growing up. She loves it. Um, so, but yeah, I. I don't, I think if, if, if I'm sleeping with my, my linen ones, I'm going to pull them out right before they're fully dry and pull them on and smooth and linen will kind of take that on. If it's really wrinkly on the cuff, I might spray water and pull tight and, you know, get it to look that way, but it's just not going to stay that way after you sleep on it after a night or two nights. And who has the time? I mean, if you have a staff that will do that for you, that's so great. Lovely. On photo shoots, on photo shoots, yes, we're going to iron those pillowcases. Yes, we're going to steam everything so that it looks really crisp because nobody wants to look at that. Yeah, that mess of a thing. They don't want it to look like our real life. They want to see what a perfect state looks like. So we give them that for the photo shoot. Yeah. 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 I believe in the spray though. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Especially if it smells good. <laughs> yeah. Linda Kay wants to know, how do you combine different styles? Think natural earthy aesthetic, like Amber interiors, her husband versus more maximalism and eclectic, AKA Steve Gambrell or Ken <gasps> Folk. Oh, Linda, I'm 100% with you. I love Steve Gambrell and I love Ken Folk. I was just talking to my brother about Steve Gambrell yesterday and said, you need to paint your library more like Steve Gambrell would combine this combination of colors. It'll be so designer. I love that you said that you need to paint your library like Steve Gambrell. I Right. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So how are we going to combine these, these really all in designers with these more casual laid back undone kind of, really believable interiors. Like you really live that way. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the pieces that you purchase or that, that could satisfy some of the things that he's wanting. I think a lot of that boho amber interiors, I think it's a lot of top layer and just like, you might have like a natural woven, like back on a chair and you might have like this, like really like plastered cocktail table and, and everything is pared down and, and simple, simple. But I think your style with the Steve Gamble and the Ken Folk, I think they're going to use color and they're going to be maximalist. So I think the shell of the room, I think could be you, you know, and I think you could do something there. And I think in a lot of the layers, I think with the art, with some of these other maximalist details, I think you can add, but then just have some of the pieces, the base layer pieces can feel a little bit more 
boho and you can totally disagree. Those can be a little bit more boho, but, and so satisfying some of your husband's whims, partners, whatever. And then you can just like have a few different surfaces where you're layering a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the colors can be a little bit more deep based off of pa- paintings that you have because you're a maximalist. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the, the yeah. round I would take. And even, I think even in Ken Folk and Steve Gamble, a lot of their shapes, you know, are simple, but they're layered on something that's maximalist. Mm-hmm. It's not usually everything is, is maximalist, but it's just the layers in which they do it. And so some of them are a little bit more tailored prepared down and then it's just the layers that they're putting on top of it. So yeah, see what's the most important, the hills that you don't want to die on and like satisfy that. And then you get to lay around it is what I would do. Yeah. I don't know. Any thoughts? That's a hard, a really hard one. I think you answered it really, really well. I was listening to Jenna Lyons on a podcast. She was the creative director at J crew. I think she was there for like 27 years, like at the beginning of her career and everything else. And now she um, does a lot of work in interiors. She was recently a housewife of New York City. And I feel like every woman has a girl crush on Jenna right now. Um, Anyway, she was talking about, she's on The Expert, which is a... um, a show where you can buy, not, not a show, excuse me. It's, you can consult with an expert in interior design and pay for them hourly. So you can ask Jenna questions herself. And she said, for me, it's really hard for somebody to say, do you like this and show them one thing? And she said, it's hard for me to tell if I like that. For me, I want to see, I want the entire look. Let's picture a dining table and it's fully set. You've got, you know, the little baby lamps in the middle. You've got the placemats. You've got the beautiful silver and the china and the butter dish and the cloches and all of the things. And you're like, I can see that that is beautiful. If somebody mm-hmm. isolates one butter dish and is like, what do we think about this? You're like, that doesn't matter. What matters is like the grand picture. Composition of it. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think for you, it's going to be really important to sort of create a North Star with your husband and see which of Amber interiors he's obsessed with and what he likes about it. Because what he likes about it might be different than what you think he likes about it. Mm-hmm. You can take the heroes from his and you can take what's important to you from those spaces, but you've got a North star it and think of big picture. How is this going to come together? But if you yeah. continue to isolate little things from Amber's Amber interiors, like you buy her chairs um, and then you're trying to fit these things in. It's hard. You've got to really think of the full composition as you go. Um, that'll help your husband too, to yeah. respect like your vision and for him to see that you're respecting his and continue to work on what the finished look could be by looking at beautiful homes that you both really love and then figure out the merge there. And I think there is something real. And I don't know if you guys are the same way, but when Tom reacts to something, he's just like, that's rad. I really like that. Like I get excited because I'm like, I'm excited that you're excited about that. Yeah. I could do something with that. Yes. So I think, it, I think there's, I think there's things that you can work with. And I think it's just being excited for each other mm-hmm. when the other person gets excited about something and just kind of build off that. And I think yeah. that creates a really harmonious home. Totally. Also, there might be something, Amber Interiors is going to be easier for your husband to understand where your taste with um, Stephen Gambrell and Ken Folk, they are more complex and they also look more expensive in my opinion. And so he might think that, oh my gosh, I can't afford that. That whole look and vibe is just like such a grand finale. I'm going to need high gloss paint. I'm going to need finish work. I'm going to need, and he's just like, it's too much, you know? Or we might liken it to like an older generation too, because there are some traditional details in there too, where Amber Tears is going to be more pared down and simple. 
Yes. You know, and it's easier to understand. And my husband likes things that are easier to understand also because he doesn't know how to wrap his brain around it otherwise. So if you really figure out. He loves your house when you're finished with it. Yes. And I think your husband might love it also. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really deep question. That could be a whole podcast. Thank you, Linda. That was great. great. The next question, and forgive me if I don't pronounce this name right, uh, is from Nandhini Vasan. Uh, they asked, when do you choose between a bench versus a day bed or sofa at the end of a bed? Good question. Depends on the scale of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people, like my small room, I have one option and that is a bench. I don't have the depth for a sofa or a day bed. Um, so I think it's a scale thing. If you have a lot of room, then you can enter in day bed or sofa. I like yeah. I like a sofa because it comes up higher in the back. Day beds are generally a little bit lower. So it kind of depends on your taste and your style, what day beds you're looking at. Um, also, the day bed's really nice. So if you have young kids or a pet or something else so that they don't have to sleep in your bed with you. Yeah. If you have a So that's practical bed, though, too. If you have yeah. a, the room for a day bed though, I would, I would still go for a sofa because I think you'll use it more. I think yeah. like if you're like sitting working, you don't want to like get into the bed, but you're sitting working, like I can throw up a little pull, t- pull up table and work on my laptop in my room where it's comfortable, the temperature, I have my slippers on. Mm-hmm. All those things are like at perfect equilibrium, right? Yeah. But I think if a day bed, you just lose the back. Yeah. So. And I feel like in the showroom, we have both right now and we choose the sofa mm-hmm. or the bench every time over the day bed. Yeah. Now the day bed could be cute in a sitting area off to I the left or it, right. Like in front of a window. Love. Love yes. a day bed. In front and of it's a like a fainting couch, right? Totally. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully that answers that. Anyway. The last question is from Patrick. Oh, Patrick. Um, I wonder if it's from Patrick I Bailey, the same yeah. one. Uh, he asks, how do you determine the size for living room side tables? When do you use matching tables, spot tables, and smaller scale tables? Also, do you decide between, how do you decide between a round versus rectangular side table? These are awesome questions, That's Patrick. Question. Yes. Okay. Um. I think this also depends. Like when we're, Patrick, when we're looking... Uh, our space plan, like from bird's eye view, we're looking down, we have a sofa, we have two chairs, we have a cocktail table. Kind of for me, it depends on like, okay, am I using a cocktail table or am I using an ottoman? What shape is that? Okay. That's going to, I'm going to use Luca and that's going to be around 48. I'm going to be more tempted to do rectangles that are like skinny and linear along my sofa. And I might match them. A yeah. lot of times I will. I mean, again, I think it goes back to that nightstand question, kind of that matching mood of just like kind of keeping where you have all these other eclectic pieces, having one thing that matches that I likes repetition. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what like is Geneva? Yeah. Our Geneva, Geneva is table. so beautiful and it's glass top, the brass base. It's so pretty. And just like, yeah, we have it right behind Corey. Anyway, two of those with like matching lamps, I think is so chic. Mm-hmm. So, so, so chic. And then you have your cocktail table, which is like a round or whatever. I, I like using round cocktail. Table. Wait one second. Let me yeah, quickly say go. this too. One thing that's become really important to me in our work mm-hmm. is knowing the height of the arm of the sofa and getting a side table that doesn't yeah. exceed the height of the arm. Now, if you have a tuxedo sofa, meaning the back of the sofa is the same height as the arm, then you have room for a taller table. But if your arms are shorter, like most mm-hmm. sofas, you've got to get a table that is going to scale pretty front to back on your sofa, right? Because if it's too short, it's going to look like a spot table as a side table. And you want generous surfaces mm-hmm. because you want to use those large, beautiful lamp, large cocktail table books. You want it to look really studied and really handsome and scale always does that for a room. So 
our Geneva side table, we scaled perfectly to fit all arms of sofas and also front to back. We gave it a lot of length because sofas now are 40 inches at least. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're really generous that way. So I just wanted to say, pay attention to your heights because that is going to be what is going to make it look like amateur hour or make it look like it come from another house and you didn't intentionally choose it for that spot. I have one condition. Again, we can't see your room, Patrick, but if I was going into a family room that was connected to a kitchen and I had a sofa or, you know, with a deep corner. Yes. Then I would maybe use the round. Agreed. To then build up a scene. Yes. Build up a beautiful lamp and have a big, if you have like sofa, sofa, and you're not doing a second Because that lamp. corner could be a dead corner. A dead corner for a dead corner. Or if there's a transition on the other side. Yeah. To where I'm passing by that every time I have to go to my kitchen. Yep. And I don't want to clip my hip on a corner. I would also consider it around at that point. Too. Agreed. So I think it's just like where it sits in like the pathways of your home. Yep. And just like, what is your vantage point? If you have, it's a really clean, like symmetrical vantage point, do matching ones. Mm -hmm. If you have a deep corner that you need to fill up, I think go around. Yep. yep. Agreed. That's great. So, he also wanted to know when to use spot tables and smaller scale tables. Like these are so, what do we say? Like I, I collect spot tables like seashells. Uh -huh. like they're so easy to pick up. Yeah. And they're so, they can be so sculptural and so fun. I, and we use spot tables a lot just with like. Next to a chair. Mm -hmm. Always just like next to a chair, just like a quick little pull up. Often they can migrate. My kids pull them around all, all over the place mm -hmm. because it's easier for them to pull up and like eat their Lunchable on or what, you know, whatever it is, or just yeah. like bring it over to this chair and put my drink on it while I'm reading this book and. Mm -hmm. Put your yeah. cell phone down. We love it next to a chair. So, so a guest could have a place to put their drink down or their cell phone down. They don't need Your to be big, a uh, really affordable use of a spot table would be a garden, a garden stool, a garden table. Yeah. It could be a little teak table, but it's just really accommodating. And people always forget to put the side tables in a room and it's just a lot of upholstery and there's not enough of those hard lines, which give it sort of this gorgeous um, framework. It's like not framing a piece of art. So yeah. we really love um, a small scale table. I like it overlapping a little day bed. Um, yeah. Next to a little occasional chair, that chair in a corner needs a little spot table, but mostly it's surrounding chairs, I would say. Yeah. yeah as a rule. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, we answered the, how we decide between um, rectangle and circular. So yeah. Did yeah. we do it? That was I think it. we did it. Yeah. Great. Nice. Guys, thank you Watch for tuning Dear in Alice. That's for so Dear Alice. And if, if you didn't get to watch Dear Alice live, when we do it again, we'll make sure and announce it so you can tune in either digitally or in person. But your questions have been so fantastic and it's been fun getting to connect with you on these answers. If you guys have questions for us, please send them to Dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. Uh, Right. Yep. So ask us questions there and we can either turn them into a full episode or put them in our Q&A section and we will catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five star rating. 